From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, the next big thing is really small. Part three. You look in the eye, you see that the eye's got this green signal, and you don't worry because you know if the signal is green, that also by definition means that the, the treatment for the oxidative damage is also being delivered simultaneously. First this. As seen from here reaches ophthalmologists in 98 countries, transfers more than half a terabit of podcasts every month, but the potential audience is much larger. Please tell your colleagues about this free resource, Flattening the Ophthalmic World. And while you're at it, let your residents and fellows know about Open Ophthalmology, a free basic science video podcast, already a force in ophthalmic education with 1,800 viewers watching 6,000 video lectures every month. Information wants to be free. Help me give it away. This is the third and final part of my exploration of nanotechnology in ophthalmology with Marco Zarbin. Much of what you described sounds like science fiction, but to me, the most fantastic thing that you described is the DNA biosensor tethered to a magnetic nanoparticle, which is coupled to a therapeutic gene. Right. That's, that's where all this is heading. This is what nanomedicine is going to be all about. Right, right now, the way medicine works is we diagnose things when diseases are very far along their natural history course. Uh, and then, um, say, let's take appendicitis as an example. When do we diagnose appendicitis? We diagnose it when there's so much inflammation that the patient has abdominal pain and maybe fever or maybe worse. And, uh, and of course, we'd like to diagnose diseases at a much earlier stage than that. Similarly, how do we treat appendicitis? We treat it by cutting out the appendix. Now, really what we do is we do something to the patient, and then they heal themselves, as every surgeon knows. You know, um, this, We're going to go into an entirely different paradigm where um, diseases get detected at a very early stage in their evolution, and the treatments become focused not on patients but on single cells. Uh, so it becomes the problem of finding the one cancer cell, you know, in your pancreas before it's more than one and treating that cell, not to kill it, that's how we treat cancer now, but to make it stop being a cancer cell. Well, how, how do you do that? What's this all about? This concept is the coupling of disease measurement and treatment and the, the term for it uh, is called theragnostics, which is uh, uh, sort of hyphenated version of therapeutics and diagnostics. And, um, and, the, and the way uh, one of these engineered nanoparticles could work has been described by Dr. Uh, Jim Leary and his colleagues, where you, um, you have a, uh, uh, a core particle that you can image, say a uh, superparamagnetic iron oxide core particle, for example, and, um, and, and then you... Uh, layer on top of it uh, a, something like uh, biotin, um, and to that you couple DNA so that uh, the sort of active part of this particle is a DNA delivery system 
and you can image the subcellular localization of this delivery system with the SPIO nanoparticle. Now, you can do better than that. You can layer on top of your, of your um, DNA delivery system other targeting molecules so that you can make this particle end up in a specific cell type and beyond that within a specific subcellular organelle within a given cell type. Uh, but when we get down to the, the action end of the, of the molecule, what you can have, say we're trying to treat oxidative damage, you can have a DNA uh, that has an antioxidant response element so that when the, the cell's experiencing oxidative damage, that will actually turn on the antioxidant re uh, response element and drive the transcription of different genes that you can put in yourself. So one of the genes you might put in is a reporter gene so that when the cell's experiencing oxidative stress, it, it lights up green, say with green fluorescent protein. So that's useful because say if you're looking at babies with ROP and you're wondering if they're going to end up needing treatment and if you believe that oxidative stress is important in the pathogenesis of the disease, you could look in their eye and see if their retina looks green or not, you know, at the junction of the perfused and non-perfused retina. And that would say to you, oh, there's oxidative stress going on. But of course, you want to do more than that. So you also throw in a treatment DNA. So maybe we would put in superoxide dismutase or catalase, something that could actually treat the oxidative stress that the cell is experiencing. So, and, and at that point, uh, you just become a member of the audience, like somebody listening to a beautiful opera, you know. The, the, you look in the eye, you see that the eye's got this green signal, and you don't worry because you know if the signal is green, that also by definition means that the, the treatment for the oxidative damage is also being delivered simultaneously. And, that, and I want to point out that it's actually been done. Uh, uh, Dr. Prowl, who is a colleague of Dr. Leary's, and a guy named Jerry Luddy at Wilmer, have actually developed a biosensor DNA that's tethered, tethered to a magnetic nanoparticle uh, in which it does measure oxidative stress uh, and it actually uh, seems to work uh, in an animal model of diabetes um, because the subretinal injection of this biosensor nanoparticle actually did lead to the report of activation of the antioxidant response element in diabetic rat RPE cells. What is meant by swallowing the surgeon? Well, I'd, probably uh, everyone has heard of the movie Fantastic Voyage, and I and I suspect the the origin of that well the origin of the movie is a book uh, by Isaac Asimov, but I suspect the origin the idea is actually from a colleague of Richard Feynman's um, whose name is Albert Hibbs, because Dr. Feynman mentions in his 1959 paper on on uh, nanotechnology, that Albert Hibbs suggested the idea of doing surgery by swallowing the surgeon. And the idea was that uh, this tiny surgeon uh, could travel in your blood vessels, identify, for example, in a person with coronary artery disease, uh, where, the, where the clot is that's causing your myocardial infarction and, you know, cut out the clot. Uh, and, and in a sense, uh, all ophthalmologists are familiar with this idea. It's the idea that if you if you make uh, the magnification large enough, you could operate on anything, you know. If you can just see it clearly and you have the instruments that are the same size as your target tissue, you could do surgery on anything. In a way, you could think of enzymes as the ultimate surgeons because they take molecules, grab them by both ends, and break them in half. And, you know, that's called the chemical reaction. So... Um, 
how how we're going to get to true nanosurgery uh, is a long road, and we've talked a little bit about the issues there. One is visualization, another one is control of your instruments, uh, another one is when you're operating uh, one axon at a time, you know, how do you turn that into a fast operation instead of an infinitely long operation? Um, but the, the bottom line is that uh, if I were a young surgeon now, uh, this is an area that I would become very involved with because I think that some diseases that we, we currently think of as untreatable uh, are going to be reduced to surgical problems once we can take our operating theater and make the magnification of it large enough. Marco, as small as these objects are, aren't these particles large enough to engender an immune response? They are, and it's somewhat analogous to why asbestos causes mesotheliomas. You know, it's a particle size uh, initiating a certain response in your immune system. And that's, and that's actually one of the sources of, of uh, potential toxicity of carbon nanoparticles. So they can engender an immune response, but we, we could turn that around and say we could also engineer the system so that it specifically avoids an immune response. Um, and so that's a question of design. It's, you know, we need to understand how, and then we're at the very beginning of this, how the body reacts to these nanomaterials. Um, and then trying to go from very specific examples of reaction to creating an image of what the general way of reacting to the nanomaterials is so that we can design into the nanomaterials proper safety features. You describe carbon nanotubes as being genotoxic. What, what does genotoxic mean? It, it means specifically that it induces DNA damage. And, uh, and, that's, and that's been demonstrated. For example, it's been demonstrated that multi-walled carbon nanotubes induces DNA damage in mouse embryonic stem cells. And, and that's why with each of these innovations, um, there's a whole pro- It's sort of like gene therapy, you know. You know you can cure things with gene therapy. You can prove it. But you also know that if gene therapy isn't uh, received in the right way by your, your body, it can kill you. Let's say that, that, that we have some nanotherapeutic um, that, I, that I want to use. It's only a few tens to a few hundreds of nanometers long. I get it in the patient's eye somehow. Um, h- how do I locate it once it's there? I mean, the thing's so small, I can't see it. Well, you're, you're absolutely right. And that's where the whole issue of imaging comes in and why it's so important. And depending on how you quotes want to see it, that would determine uh, how you design your nanoparticle. The quantum dots are a wonderful example of how you could see it. Uh, if, you, if you had your, your particle labeled with quantum dots, uh, you, all you'd have to do is shine a light in the eye and make sure that you had a fluorescence detector of, of enough sensitivity uh, that you could capture and record that light energy, that signal. Um, and and uh, on the other hand, you might have... Uh, you might use an OCT to visualize it using quantum dots. Uh, I haven't uh, given up hope that uh, SPIO nanoparticles will be uh, visualizable through some sort of imaging modality. Um, But I think that it's going to be something like that. We have to take something that's sort of the equivalent of a stealth fighter and put some things on the surface of that plane so that we can get a signal out of it instead of it being completely invisible to us. Most of our conversation